I laughed because I remember someone once saying to me in the workplace, one of my early places, I won't say where, but they were like, <laughs> it's so racist, it's funny. They're like, oh, you're pretty good for a Muslim. Oh wow! Yeah, or like, or like, you're one of the good ones. Or oh, you're you're pretty good for most. And this is like less than ten years removed from September 11. Not a not a freaking excuse, mind you. I don't know what enclave they live in, but they were being actually honest. They weren't trying to be racist. Wow. And there's a difference. There's a difference. Like, oh, you're pretty good for a Muslim. Or I know it sounds really freaking racist, and it is, but I can't explain it. Like, it wasn't direct. It was sort yeah. of like they were surprised. Yeah. So yeah, hell yeah, I noticed right away. Today we're talking about the inequalities we've faced in the workplace and how we've navigated these to becoming the people that we are. You're listening to the Marketing Mentors podcast brought to you by Red Pandas Digital. I'm Linda and today I'm not with Tasha, she is off in Bali. I'm joined by Moby Siddiq. Nice to have you here, Moby. Good to be here, Linda. I'm excited about this topic. It's near and dear to my heart and I think we've spoken about this stuff a hundred times in the past it's good to record it <laughs> yeah i agree we've spoken about this just between you and i privately a number of times but today it's recorded yeah, for man, the public what, to hear where's, what's tasha doing in bali man like yeah. didn't you just come back from chicago <laughs> i know right she, i don't know how she swung that by me but anyway <laughs> it's good. nice to have you on here i know you've been on the marketing mentors podcast before with t but it's nice to have you on here with me for a change I think um today the topic that we're going to be talking about it's just it's so timely because of everything that's happening in the red panda space and for those of you who don't know just yesterday we publicly announced that red pandas has been acquired by our american business partners now uh impact which is just so exciting and you know the topic today is a very reflective topic talking about the journey on what's led us here so it's just so timely and nice to be having this conversation but before we go into that moves how are you feeling (laughs) Yeah, good, good. I think, I, I mean, it is such a good, like, it's interesting that you and I are talking today because mm. I think it's, you know, things like this, and I, we, you and I talk about this all the time, like, you know, we work on getting better every day, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and you don't notice, but every so often it's nice to sort of stop and be like, oh, well, shit, like, we've actually done pretty well, you know? Okay, mm. cool, let's not dwell on that too much. Don't let the ego get to your head and back at work. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm obviously... You caught me on a high because we just announced <laughs> and we had a bit of PR go out. But yeah, well, yeah, great. It's exciting stuff and it feels like a full circle moment, definitely. But today, yeah, we're going to take it back and we're going to talk about the journey on what led us both as individuals to where we are now. And it's a topic which sometimes is a little bit um, it's a little bit sensitive to people, I guess. But today we're really going to be talking about um, the fact that in a lot of work context still, we still see a lot of um, women and racial minorities and how they're still evaluated as less competent and worthy and how we've each kind of gone on our own journeys and experienced that along the way. And I know, you know, we both have gone through it, we've spoken about it, but Moby, kind of take us back, you know, right back to the beginning, you know, I know you have experience here and you've gone through this. Share it with the audience, like some of that. So, look, I will say, I think, you know, the country that we live in, Australia, maybe all of the world, I think we've ha- we have come a long way. So, yeah. I'll definitely say that. I definitely think things are getting better. But, like, when you uh, ask me that, it makes me smile because I remember probably like, you know, oh, late 2000s, you know, that first you know, decade or that first decade in, in this century, whatever we call it now, the tens, whatever. And I started working and I, so w- one 
good kind of metaphor for this whole thing was when I was working at Coats Hire, right? And uh, I don't know, like things have probably changed now, but everyone in senior leadership was pale, stale male. Mm -hmm. Just like typical white guy. And there's nothing wrong with being a white guy, but like just everyone is white. Yeah. Very stale in their 50s. And yeah, we had diversity, but not, not at that level. Yeah. So what I realized early on, and I'm actually very grateful for this, like early on, like I'm not going to lie, Linda. So when you say like different minorities and, and, and genders and whatever, I noticed I had to work harder than the white guy next to me. And there's no other way to say that. It just, mm-hmm. it, it was what it was. I had to work harder than the person next to me to be noticed. But what was really funny, I noticed that when I did a really good job, I also got a lot more attention. Right. Because of their inherent bias, they almost, it's really funny, Linda, like they almost didn't expect me to be good because mm-hmm. of their bias. Yeah. And when I was, I stood out a lot more. Right. So I'm like, okay, this is interesting. So that really built a lot of my work ethic. Like I just, for me, like I had to work hard. Like, of course I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to work harder than the, the guy next to me. So I definitely felt that. And I definitely think that became a, a strength for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie, like, I had moments like, and I won't say where and who, but I had, you know, like moments, really dark moments where I was crying in a closet. I don't know if I mentioned that publicly in the past. Like I was bullied somewhere. Mm. uh, And I do think it was because of who I am. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like my my skin and minority and I was bullied and I literally cried in the freaking marketing closet. Yeah. Right. But it made me so freaking resilient and so strong. And I'm really grateful for that. But, um, But like, see... I know you and I have had similar type of experiences, like me just being like a you know minority male, but mm-hmm. you as a female as well. Like, yeah. what was your experience? What was your journey like? I want to share that, but I have one question for Please. you first. The first kind of experience you mentioned where you say that you noticed that you had to work harder, but that when you did and, and, you, and you got noticed, you know, for whatever reasons, right? Did you realize that straight away? Or is that something that you retrospectively kind of realized looking back at that point? Because sometimes I guess when you're when you're early in your career, maybe you're not so like you're a bit oblivious to this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Why are you laughing? No, I'm laughing. I'm like, because as you say that, I'm, I'm laughing because like the inherent racism was real. Like there is direct yeah. racism and then yeah. there's inherent okay. racism, right? Yeah. And one's definitely worse than the other. Yeah. And one is probably more of a society problem. But I remember I laughed because I remember someone once saying to me in the workplace, one of my early places, I won't say where, mm-hmm. but they were like, <laughs> it's, it's so oh, racist, it's funny. They're like, oh, you're pretty good for a Muslim. Oh, wow. Yeah. Or like, or like you're one of the good ones. Or, oh, you're, you're pretty good for Muslims. And this is like less than 10 years removed from September 11th. Not a, not a freaking excuse, mind you. Yeah. But... I, Linda, they were actually being honest, man. Mm-hmm. They weren't being racist at all. Like, I don't know what, like, enclave they live in. Yeah. But they were being actually honest. They weren't trying to be racist. Wow. And there's a difference. There's a difference. Like, oh, you're pretty good for a Muslim or, you know, like, I know it sounds really freaking racist and it is, but I can't explain it. Like, it wasn't direct. It was sort yeah. of like they were surprised. Yeah. So, yeah, hell yeah. I noticed right away mm-hmm. when uh, when people would be surprised. Yeah. And I noticed I had to rise. I had to be a little bit louder. That's scary because that's just their like a societal norm to them. Yeah. And they think that that's okay and expected and, and it's the norm. And and that part I think has changed. Yeah. That part I actually do think. Okay. Like I was, I was saying to Tony as well, like, you know, Tony's from, in you know, Chinese background, obviously Australian, you know, yep. born here as well. But um, we we're talking about this, like Australia has definitely gotten better. Yep. Like now if you're like that, 
it's like whoa like Agreed. you're you're, you're a weirder yeah, yeah you're <laughs> you're cancelled and you're the weird one you yeah. stand out like dude what the f is wrong with you it's 2023 man yeah like it's laughable now mm-hmm. you know but yeah do you still do you, would you say that some of that stuff has stayed with you mobs like talking about a long time ago now does yeah. that does that ever come up where you know do you ever have those insecurities where you're maybe pitching to a particular type of client do you do you have those thoughts that come back where it's like you know am i damn am i good enough like yeah was there truth to that a hundred percent like i'd be lying if i said to you like people see me and they think i'm very confident yeah because they see like i'm active on linkedin i'm active on tiktok and like you know a lot of us do a lot of videos so they see that and i think they think i'm like a i've done a music video like they think like wow this guy's really confident um that's not always the case so it doesn't happen like say i'm gonna go into a pitch or it doesn't happen like it doesn't occur then but like the funny thing about chips on your shoulder shoulders if it's like something you grew up with it's very hard to completely eradicate it's very hard i don't Mm -hmm. know if it ever is eradicated and to be honest i don't even know if i really care if it's ever eradicated i think where it appears is sometimes like you know like you know trying to run this business trying to grow it it's like you know, those quiet moments like, man, like, do I have what it takes? Like, mm-hmm. I've just like last year, you know, I've just gone in and told the Red Pandas team, like, this is what we're going to do. Got them excited. What if it doesn't work? Mm-hmm. Like, what if people lose their jobs? Or like, what if, like, do I have what it takes? Yeah. So, it, it comes up randomly. Yeah. But I think the way to beat that is really just get busy. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. for me, like, if I'm learning and growing and reading and keeping myself busy that's yeah. how i keep that at bay oh okay yeah i like that yeah yeah i um yeah i can relate a lot to that from the kind of flip side i know you know for me early on in my career when i you know had my first entry level job straight out of uni um and i think we've spoken about this before but i a lot of my colleagues my peers were like equally male and female um and only as I started to progress through roles, I started to then kind of see a trend where I had fewer and fewer fewer female peers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sitting at a senior leadership team, I noticed that a lot of the people around me were men. Um, and I, I had a few experiences where, to be honest, Mobs, at the time I didn't quite realize that I was battling these um, these inequalities in the workplace, not mm-hmm. until I later on started to educate myself and read particular books, which I probably will refer to today. I love a particular book by Sheryl Sandberg. She's the Facebook, well, was Facebook COO. She wrote a book back in 2015 and she really educated me on some of the things that I experienced but wasn't so aware of as you and they were maybe a little bit more subtle at the time. Mm-hmm. But I remember a particular experience where I was I was in an interview and I, um, I was going for a role that was the next step up and I was really nervous going into it, that imposter syndrome type feeling where I, just, I didn't know if I was ready to take that position, but I was going to go in there, put myself out there and just give it a crack and do my best. And I was being interviewed by um, a female, or a female woman, and I didn't get one marketing question the entire interview. Right. The entire interview I was questioned whether I would be confident enough to stand up to um, a male counterpart from another company that they worked with and whether I was able to stand up to that person and be confident enough to hold my own. And I got the job 
And at the time, I felt like, oh, that was a bit of a weird interview. Like, mm. they didn't even question me on marketing. Like, but I, hey, I got the job. I'm like, I'm stoked, you know, like mm. 15K more. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then only once I educated myself and read this book, I realized like how demoralizing that actually was and how as a woman, like, you know, the questions that I was getting asked, would they have really been asked if it was a male mm. or an older male? Um, and it's interesting that she was a woman who asked you that. Exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. You don't think that makes a difference? The fact that it was a woman? Like, I, I hear what you're saying, but it's yeah. like, why? Like, why Why was that so prevalent or why was that happening? I, To be honest, Mobs, I think because, you know, as women, and I've experienced this, people that I know have experienced this, age and gender, unfortunately, we get questioned or promoted in different ways still to men. You know, there are studies that show, for example, that men will get promoted because um, they have potential and their leader sees potential, whereas women most likely get promoted. And this is not all the case, but there are some studies where years ago and we're seeing this change, but women will get promoted based on past um, experience and accomplishments. Mm -hmm. So I think just the fact that, you know, we, we're seen in a different light or get assessed in a different light. And although it seems okay, I guess it's just part of this barrier that we need to break and how we view women as leaders and what women are capable of in the workplace as yeah. well. Yeah. The, um, the book that I read by Cheryl, she mentioned these like these external barriers and that's some of these things that I just mentioned, um, but also internal barriers as well that and I think, you know, for yourself, Mobs, you mentioned things that, you know, you do to help you kind of overcome some of those internal things. And for me as well, you know, there's there's internal barriers that women have that they should actively seek to try and overcome based on these external things that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And Cheryl talks a lot about the fact that women tend to have like a lack of confidence in the their work. They'll tend to um, credit like external factors to their success, whereas men tend to like innately like, um, credit their own selves. Mm -hmm. um, so being aware that we sometimes have a lack of confidence, you know, that feminine kind of nature that we have mm -hmm. that you and I spoke about earlier, but that also that we need to raise our hands more. Yeah. And being aware of those two things is really important for women at least to kind of overcome these barriers that we're facing in the workplace as well. Absolutely. Um, you know, the... If I can kind of share an example of that, I think the role that I'm in now as like head of content is not something that I've like actively pursued and saw my career heading in. But I think, you know, being able to put your hand up and take risks, which we see a lot of men are able to do and do more often, but putting your hand up and saying, hey, maybe that's not the direction my career was heading in, but that's okay. Like, mm. you know, this is the business needs this and I'm gonna adapt and mold to that. And I think being aware of these experiences and just being aware of these barriers, I think has largely contributed to at least where I have ended up today. Yeah, fair. You know, and educating yourself on that. I want to, before we move off, uh, or if you can stay on, we can stay on it if you want, the mm. diversity thing. Yeah. I think, and it's funny because we have experience in this because we happen to have a client uh, back in the day in diversity and inclusion, right? Symmetra. Yeah. And one thing that people don't realize, like say you're just selfish, say you don't give a shit about people and you don't care about diversity. Okay, fine. You're a Scrooge McDuck, whatever, right? You just care about money. Mm -hmm. Like it actually studies will show, research shows that diversity 
actually leads to more profit and revenue. Right. And it's because, and I think it's two things, right? Like diversity of thought and then diversity yep. of representation. So with diversity of thought, right? Like say, you know, back at Coates back in, you know, 20, 2010s and it's all white guys making the decisions, right? In, even in marketing. Mm-hmm. But all their customers aren't white, yep. right? Like tradies are, you know, famously ethnics. Mm. So you're not going to be able to connect with them. Like your messaging is going to be all wrong. So, yep. and even if we're all born here, say every single person is born here in this country, cultural significance and uh, cultural legacy has an impact and a different lens on how you view the world. Yeah. So you miss that. So when you have diversity of thought, you have more ideas, better ideas. When you have masculine energies and feminine energies countering each other out and finding a balance. Mm-hmm. So we're not too aggressive as a company, but we're also not like too safe. Yeah. You also, I mean, that leads to a really nice flywheel. And then right. you have diversity of representation. And then all of a sudden people up the ranks like, oh, okay, cool. Like that person's a woman. That person's an Indian person or a Chinese person. Like yeah. I too can aspire to that. So that it becomes a flywheel and you get even more profits and you have, have more thought, uh, diversity of thought. Yeah. But I think like that's a key thing. Like even if you don't give a shit about all that stuff, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you're, you have a cultural disadvantage, sorry, a competitive disadvantage Yeah. if you don't actually have diversity of thought. At Red Pandas, we are so diverse. Like that's one thing I love about us. And in fact, uh, a lot of the senior leadership team is female, which I also absolutely love. Most, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Most, yeah. yeah. Most, <laughs> I mean, it depends yeah. on what day we catch you on. <laughs> yeah, you guys are, yeah, you guys are uh, muscling me out now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Would you say like, is that something that you have actively pursued, Mobs, having a diverse company? No. And this is, okay, this is something like that might be, I don't know if it's controversial or not, but like it is what it is. I actually don't think, I think if you hire for merit, if you truly hire for merit, you don't need to worry about diversity quotas. Yeah. Right. And I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me. And actually, I understand that point because I, what, I, what I think it is, it's not a one size fit all. Mm. So like we're smaller, right? So for us, if we're always hiring on merit, you know, of course, you know, like women are good at things and white people and black people and Asian people, of course, like that's got nothing to do with how good you are. Mm. So naturally, if you're able to remove your unconscious bias, naturally you're going to attract diverse people yeah. as a rule. And I think as a smaller company, you uh, should be less forgiven, you know, for not being able to do that, right? Because you can make more agile decisions. Now, I do sense. understand on the flip side, say you're Coca-Cola Amatel or you're like mm-hmm. Commonwealth Bank, right? And everyone's white there and you need to actually make some changes. Sure, fine. It's not a bad idea to have quotas. Yeah. You know, because it's very, very hard for everyone to be, you know, come to this new way of thinking. Yeah. So sure, maybe I understand quotas in, in that in that field, respects, but I do think it's quite niche. Yeah. So like to answer your question, I actually don't think if you if you're truly hiring for merit mm-hmm. and attitude, um, then that naturally should happen. Yeah. I know a bit of a um, left kind of sidestep, but kind of going back, Mobs, if, you know, if you saw somebody that was kind of going through that, um, or maybe it's just advice to your younger self, what would you say? Like, let's say, you know, there is somebody that is experiencing that. Is there any advice? Like, I, I know with you and I, you've spoken to me about the fact that you kind of use it as your, Superpower sounds a bit yeah, cringy, but 100% like you, superpower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like how? How does that? 
how, how do you see it in that way? You know what I mean? Yeah. One thing um, I've said for years, and it's it's nice to hear people say it too because you're like, okay, cool, it makes sense to people, is, you know, your I say your strengths are your weaknesses and your weaknesses are your strengths. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a Pokemon, right? Like if you remember the fire Pokemon and the water Pokemon. One's yeah. not better than the other, but it certain has, it has you know, my stupid analogies. Yeah. One has a strength <laughs> over another in a certain context, yeah. right? So it's the exact same thing. So mm-hmm. one thing that I notice, and this is as a, a male who... How, you know, my first mentor and shout out to Manil Muhi. I'll make you watch this because I mentioned your name. <laughs> but my first mentor who was this strong woman. Um, uh, um, what, what was I talking about? Lost my train of thought there. The fact that, you know, you've taken something that can be seen as a yeah, negative yeah, yeah. and yes, turned yes, it yes, into sorry, positive. Thank you, yeah. thank you. It's Friday afternoon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, with, with and I saw this one with Manil particularly, right? So, she is, still works there, cannot hire, very strong male-dominated industry, a lot of masculine yeah. energy, a lot of swearing at people when they probably shouldn't <laughs> and shooting first and asking questions later type of thing, right? Yeah. And it's funny, like, yeah, you know, you'd often see misogynistic individuals. Mm-hmm. That comes from a place of insecurity, yeah. And what the women, what women should realize is you actually have a superpower over people like that. Because I'd see Manil, like when Manil would actually pipe up or make herself not even a, not even as aggressive, like just act like a man, like just yeah. being a little bit assertive, that would actually like, like wow. tail between their legs. Right. So the people who actually treat you like this is a message for women, and I also think it's for minorities who treat you a certain way. Mm-hmm you actually have a huge superpower over them. Like you don't even realize. Yeah. So like me now, right, if I was exactly who I am and a white guy, would I be different? I don't think I would. Like the fact that I have my my history and my background and the fact that I am from a, you know, I am Muslim and I am brown. I think that makes me, who. that's my superpower. I'm not just yep. another uh, white marketing leader. Yeah. Like I'm different. I'm like I'm different. I'm a bit peculiar. Like I stand out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. you know, stuff being normal. I think in this world you have to be a little bit like weird. Like yeah. you got to be a little bit weird to sort of stand out. So yeah. 100%. But like have you seen that? Have you seen that yourself like with that as a superpower? Like something that traditionally young people might think, oh, man, I've got a disadvantage. Like I'm gay. I'm this, I'm that, whatever. Have yeah. you seen that yourself? Yeah, I think I've been on a journey with that. To be honest, I think when I first started noticing it many, many years ago, I took it in the wrong way. Maybe because I didn't have a mentor at the time. I didn't really have someone to kind of help me figure out what mm. I was experiencing. But at the time, Mobes, I actually um, withdrew myself. So, you know, when I spoke about that job that I interviewed for and I got, I took that interview as in, okay, I, I can't be myself when I come to work. I need to show up as somebody who can blend in with people that are 20 years older mm. than me and and have mature conversations and I can't be myself. So my personality was not coming to work with me every day. Like I stripped that away to try and show up you in the your way. You authentic self. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it kind of took me a long time and a lot of education to learn that that's, that wasn't the solution. And in fact, there is a lot of power in being who I am and the fact that they needed to hire me because the ideas were stale and the company wasn't growing and they needed new insights and knowledge to come into this into the team. But I didn't realize that back then. Mm. But I would say now for sure. Did like, they have psych safety to enable that or was that an inherent thing in you or both? Uh, there was no psych safety. Yeah. Yeah. So it was something I kind of had to kind of, yeah, figure out and 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 realize, I guess, on my own. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I think from there, like, you know, with knowledge and experience and education, for sure, I see it very differently now. And because I'm aware of the things that, you know, do hold me back and, you know, I will definitely have those moments where I am lacking confidence and I'll use those tactics to try and overcome that. Um, like, you know, they, they say, you know, like fake it till you make it, but research actually shows that that helps. Um, I read this really cool study the other day, which said that, um, when you just change your posture, posture and you, um, you know, lift your chest and you stand broad, it actually increases your testosterone, right. which then reduces your stress right? and then actually makes you feel more confident. So faking it till you make it actually is shown to help. So you know how we stand up for all of our meetings? Like there's, there's actually like meaning behind that, yeah. which I love. So just having that sort of knowledge is really nice. Um, and then also just doing little things, you know, like with the lack of confidence, for example, you know, it's also important for me anyway to just give myself a moment to just think about all the successes and like think about, okay, have I actually failed doing this before? And if I haven't, well, then what's wrong with you? Mm. <laughs> You're going to be fine. And if I have, well, what did you learn from that? And then try again. Absolutely. So just I think just being conscious of on, these on things. Because you mentioned the technique thing and it's something that like, people laugh about with me not so mm. much now because we work from home a lot of the time yeah but like people hate being around me when i'm on calls because i'm <laughs> i do what you say right like yeah sure i do you know stand up whatever yeah um, but not, and i talk louder yeah so like another tip would be like if you want to instill some confidence just go up a level like an octave or so like talk louder mm -hmm. so now naturally when i'm on the phone i just naturally i can't even help it anymore even if i'm talking to my mum, like i just naturally do that <laughs> yeah but if you do it enough it actually becomes a part of you and who yeah. you are yeah uh, it reminded me of something so random i was on a call at home and i was standing up it was a client call and then omid was home early this is my partner for everybody listening um but i got off the call and i was still talking very loud to him he's <laughs> like babe why are you shouting at yeah, me yeah, right you presenting to? yeah 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 see you naturally end up doing that yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Mobs, is there anything else that you that you want to mention? I think, you know, for everybody listening, I think we, we kind of all go through our own things and our own journeys. Um, but making sure that you're aware of that and, and the learnings that you can take from that is really important. And I think for me, my my kind of end learning from all of it was just be yourself, be aware of things and just keep working on you. Yeah. And you'll get there. I, I mean, like, just to respond to that, I think one thing, and you spoke about Cheryl's book. Yeah. And we speak about reading all the time. Like one thing that's not so obvious that I think should be stated is like people don't read enough. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, we speak about the importance of having mentors, whether they're virtual mentors or real mentors or people you follow. That's really important. But like reading is really freaking important. Yeah. You know, like people are so surprised about the content we put out and where we get our, our ideas from. Mm. Like we're not geniuses. We just read a lot of shit. Yeah. So, you know, there was a quote from uh, Paul Roach's book that I discussed in Inbound Buzz last week with, with Tony. And he speaks around something about AI, but it applies for all types of knowledge. Like the more knowledge you have, he doesn't say it this way, but I'll repurpose. The more knowledge you have, the better lens you have to view problems with. Yeah. So it's like Love the that. more books you read, the more tools you have in your in your toolbox. Yeah. And I know you have a pro. I personally try to do one personal development book, one functional book. Mm -hmm. But I think if there's one, you know, one key fun tactical thing you can take away, in addition to the stuff that you shared and I shared, yeah, just read more. Yeah. 
especially if you don't have those resources around you. You know, Moby, you mentioned the mentor that you had. For me, you know, I didn't have that mentor, so I did. I, I had to read and educate myself in that way. I think that's great advice for people. Yeah. Nice that's to it. have you here, Mopes. Good to be here, Linda. <laughs> Bye for now. <laughs>